Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Assistant Professor of Humanities Aidan Wong from SMU's School of Social Sciences has researched on the areas of development and sustainability, in particular on electronic waste, informal labour and economic development. In recent years, he has published a paper on waste, value and informal labour, the regional e-waste recycling production network in Malaysia and Singapore, and is seeking to update it. In this podcast, Assistant Professor Wong discusses the value of electronic waste recycling and sustainability in Singapore. Professor, what is electronic or e-waste and why did you choose to do research in this area? Electronic waste consists mainly of consumer electronic products such as personal laptops, handphones, even portable batteries and personal tablet computers, and can also include what would be common household appliances like washing machines, refrigerators, televisions, DVD players and such. And also, of course, work-related machines such as desktop computers, photocopiers, printers and scanners. So how did I get into this research? I looked at my own drawer and wondered about how I was going to deal with all the hoarded treasures I had there. I'm guilty of buying new phones and not trading in the previous unit, so I ended up with a veritable mountain of mobile phones. At last count, it was 12. Coupled with that were the old laptops, around four, old desktop monitors and CPUs, three of those. This made me ponder about the issue. What am I going to do about this? That was where my PhD supervisors and I began the discussion on electronic waste recycling and how this complex network would be a fertile ground for further research to both economic development and environmental sustainability. Essentially, The argument made is not that waste in itself is valuable. It is when waste materials re-enter into the production process through recycling that the process of revaluing begins anew. Fundamentally, this contributes to Marx's perspective of value creation through the labour process, where value can only be produced by commodities moving along the circuit of capital. What is a GPN, you might ask? Global production networks seek to examine the complex intersections amongst the multiple interests of capital, labour and the state at various geographical scales, and takes into consideration the dynamic and ever-changing global economic landscape. At its core, the GPN approach examines and analyses the multiple ways in which configurations of global production are interconnected controlled and coordinated, and structured over geographical space. In addition, it considers carefully how value is created, enhanced, and captured along the network by the various economic actors in an environment that is marked by power asymmetries. What were your key research findings? First, the research has helped to cast light on the importance for us to conceptualise at least from an academic perspective, the processes and events that occur post-consumption. It is timely that this consciousness has pervaded into political awareness, with the Singapore government introducing the Resource Sustainability Bill this year. Second, the research points towards the importance of the informal economy, and in this case, informal labour, exemplified by karanguni, the local term for the rag-and-bone man. 
They play a pivotal role in the collection and initial processing of e-waste in Singapore. It is often easy to overlook these karanguni and their economic activities in our advanced economic landscape. However, they play a key role in our waste management endeavours. Third, this research has underscored the importance of the state in formulating and enforcing regulatory mechanisms that provide for a stable environment for the recycling industries, and indeed karanguni, to thrive and prosper. What do you mean by waste embodies value and that one avenue to conceptualise the creation of value in global production networks is through the labour process? When we discard commodities into the bin, whether it is a used pen or a watch or anything at all, we have effectively chosen to consider the commodity to be of little or no value whatsoever. Hence, we choose to discard this. Thus, waste is indeed matter that has been discarded by those who see no more value in it or have no organised commercial interest in it. This does not mean that the object has truly lost all its value. Rather, waste and other discarded objects contain latent value, which is realised when individuals and firms seek to recycle, repurpose, reuse or process these materials to extract the materials that are of value and then reinsert them into the production process. From this view, therefore, certain types of waste are never truly waste, but rather raw materials that contain unrealised value. What about the labour process? In essence, the labour process is the action of labour to valorise the waste material. Remember that a spoilt laptop in your drawer embodies latent value, value that is easily realised when you sell that laptop to a karanguni who subsequently dismantles it and sells it on to others. Thus, the karanguni and the labour power that he exercises is key to this revalorization of the otherwise waste material. Could you describe the difference between the karanguni method versus the methods employed by much bigger e-waste recycling firms? The karanguni method often relies on individuals working as independents rather than as a collective. And this results in a far smaller volume of e-waste collected compared to bigger firms who often rely on the various pickup points or their commercial agreements with companies for the collection of e-waste. Nonetheless, one important point is that Karanguni have a much wider network of collection because of their practice of going door to door. This means that there is a much larger potential for Karanguni to be able to expand their volume of e-waste collected. And this is contingent on addressing the concerns by the community that are related to the post-collection processes when e-waste is sold to the Karanguni. The returns for Karanguni are at best sufficient for daily sustenance and the potential for prosperity from Karanguni activities are increasingly rare. Nonetheless, the bigger e-waste recycling firms are faced with mounting costs and the difficulties related to data protection concerns environmental regulations on the management of toxic materials. What can businesses and consumers do to reduce e-waste? The importance of reducing the amount of e-waste must be met with a simultaneous strategy at harnessing the existing gold mine of e-waste, 
with much of its latent value, that is stored in our homes and in our drawers and in storerooms. What needs to be considered more carefully is a strategy to encourage consumers and businesses to realize the valuable resources that are stored in some back rooms in their homes and offices. The reality is that the reduction in e-waste would be very challenging given the technology-driven landscape that is already present. What needs to be done for businesses is to take on more seriously the ethos of environmental sustainability and to perhaps consider the adoption of higher usage of recycled raw materials, such as recycled precious metals, in their production processes, thereby promoting a consciousness toward environmental sustainability among their consumer base and also adding an important value proposition to their business model. What would you see as the next study for us to consider? So the next study for me is to understand how to raise public awareness and consciousness towards electronic waste management. Overall, the situation in Singapore remains rather dire, with our volumes of waste continuing to be at an alarming rate of growth. Despite the various forms of legislation and policies that have emerged, a key element that needs attention is the social element towards our five R's. The reality of legislation, and we have seen this in various outcomes from our environmental sustainability and management approaches in Singapore so far, has been that the input by society and their perceptions towards these initiatives is crucial. Thank you, Professor. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.